All right, everybody. Welcome to WTF Podcast. I'm your host, the Faithful Idiot. I'm Chuck. And today we have a special guest, um, hoping to be a long term. Thank you very much. My name is Josh Pasilski, aka The Sills Cajun. And like always, I like to remind you that this is a Lacey Hudson production. So definitely check out the website and soon to be WTF podcast merchandise as we grow this channel. In today's space odyssey of news, we have a very interesting article today. As I informed them, it seems NASA and all space earthlings, researchers, if you will, have found a way that humans can survive a black hole. How does that sound to you? I'm interested to see how that goes because the black hole is going to, unless you go through the black hole, we don't really know if you survive. This is all going to be hypothetical. Well, my understanding, and light cannot escape from the, uh, from the event horizon. So when you're talking about going into a black hole, are we talking about just trying to shoot your right in the center of it? Or are we trying to, are you trying to go with the flow of the hole and, and the vortex that it's creating? Now, understand that I know literally nothing about black holes. Just the faint understanding that I have from the movie Interstellar and the small bit of reading I've done in my life. And the same goes for me with a small time in, you know, astronomy in college. I didn't pass the class, so... I wouldn't trust my knowledge on this either. However, as I read the article, it got more and more implausible, if you ask me. Um, you know, it's not just the event horizon where light doesn't escape, but in that surrounding area is gas. There's asteroids, material, you know, things. Debris is the perfect word to call it. Things are being sucked in. And they had no way of protecting the human that they would send down into the dark hole. You're just sending them inside of a hole, and because you picked a hole large enough, you wouldn't be pulled through basically like a spaghetti. However, just because you send somebody down fully intact does not mean that once they get into the black hole, they're going to stay intact due to all the debris flying around at different speeds. Is it also like dense gravity? That's involved in that as well? I don't know. Anybody yeah. got a direct line to uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson? Because that's pretty much what we're going to be needing. To... Well, he's the closest one we have here today, Josh. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know that, you know, they're not really holes either, even though they call them black holes. Um, they're usually spherical in nature. So it's actually, you know, orbiting you know it looks like a planet would it looks like a star would it has its mass it's circular yes but it's spherical you know it's like an orb in there with intense gravity yeah because it's a it's a dead star that's collapsed that's collapsed Cups upon itself yeah. collapsed upon itself yeah so what happens even if you were to try to send somebody in there they would be crushed we would think so right yeah yeah we would think so that's how gravity works we increase gravity does gravity increase I don't yeah know. well gravity increases and again, from my two times watching Interstellar, <laughs> from what I've been told, Interstellar is, is great 
intellectual <laughs> power and knowledge over space here, all right? We are professionals on this article right? today. But, uh, but I'm it also, it also, I guess it's supposed to speed up time or time is supposed to be different based on the amount of gravity uh, that you're experiencing. So even if they were to make it through and assuming that there is another side and assuming that we know exactly where they're going to come out on the other side, for them, it could be a couple seconds. And for us, we could be 50, 100 years past and just completely forget about the guy. All right, real talk. You get NASA call you up, and they're like, listen, I'm going to give you 30 mil. I need you as a test fit, or like a guinea pig. Your family will be taken care of. Anybody that you put on this list, up to five people, will be covered for a lifetime. You dive into that black hole, or you can be like, you know what? I tell I'm not you what. To swallow my own apple. You hear that, NASA? <laughs> um, we're giving you numbers and demands. And. I'll tell you what. You can't be bought. <laughs> I'd do it under one condition. Okay. If I can trade one of those slots to protect someone and instead have that person's life destroyed. He's referring to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> uh, he has an ungodly hate for Aaron Rodgers. I have no idea why. You well, know exactly why. Chuck used to have an unbelievable hate for Tom Brady. So, I mean, you know, when we, we I saw guess last one day we can all be cured. Yeah, I, I, minds change. But this is a good segue to bring it back down. Um, I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with the rapper, hip-hop artist, pop star, Little Uzi. I'm familiar with the name, not his music. Well, I'm not going to lie, he has good, he has good music. I ain't going to lie. I've never heard of Little Uzi. Um, is that like Uzi as in like gun? Or as Uzi as in that's some Uzi-looking shit over there? It's like the gun. Okay. I, I'm going to say it's the gun. Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, I'm not a professional in guns or anything, but I know he is. And so. <laughs> well, for this segment, I am quite literally out of my element. So. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing. It's nothing too spectacular and yet spectacular all at once. It's quite odd. But he paid for a $24 million diamond to be placed in his forehead. But. All I can think about is we're about to go from Jack and Chains to Thanos, where you know somebody's gonna beat him up and fucking rip off his diamond <laughs> like they did the bitches in the movies Yay. and be like, "It's over for you." <laughs> I hope that's not the case, but interesting enough, in the article, his motivation was vision. I didn't tell you that part. <laughs> Yo, uh, he saw Endgame, right? <laughs> okay, so let me understand this. Uh, correctly. Little Uzi is going to get a $24 million. Oh, we got. Right? He got. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This isn't theoretical. This isn't possibility. This is reality. So he had it surgically implanted in his head. Forehead, yes. I guess I have to ask the obvious question is how did he go about doing that to where it's permanent? Well, people have been getting piercings. You can get a yeah, studs put in your cheeks and things like that. Yeah, but those are anchored like behind your skin. Yeah, this one's gonna be. I mean, you probably. Yeah, I mean, this but, one. But like, yeah, you access through your mouth in order to get the. Yo, I'm sure somebody slid a hole in his forehead on the side, probably, and slid the diamond. I mean, I, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, they inject boobs and ass and lips. So I mean. Shit, look, that's another fucking. Hey, diamond. look, chicks are, chicks, <laughs> chicks are all about trying to get that dump truck and uh, 
Little Uzi's all about trying to get that look of vision. I mean, hey. If someone shoots him in the right spot on his forehead, he's not going to die. I don't know. Will the bullet just get pushed in, right? That's how impact I mean, works. Well, technically, a diamond should be stronger. But it's withholding now, depending on the Now, with that being said, the diamond may not break, but that bullet may force the diamond into the skull. I just don't think this guy has thought it all the way through of no, I think, look, I do think he thought it all the way through. I think he was sitting around with his buddies and was like, I got enough money, let's do some crazy ass shit. You know, and I have to second that. I don't think anybody sat around and didn't think of, hey, man. Hey, I mean, Conor McGregor bought a $2 million watch that basically moves like a yacht. And this kid was like, I'm on a diamond in my forehead. So, I mean, I guess if you're on that Conor McGregor, man, you can get a diamond in your forehead. Not even Conor McGregor's like, nah. I'll stick with his watch. But you know what? look, I Uzi, do whatever you want. I was about to say that I, is true. I, I that, that love this guy for taking the steps, saying, "You know what? I don't see anyone else walk around with a diamond in their forehead, and no. they're not seeing what I'm seeing when I'm looking at vision. That guy's yeah. got style. Yeah, yeah. He sees something he knows that I'm seeing. He got a cape with freaking pop collar. He sees the vision. Look, I'll, look, I'm just hopefully nobody wants to do that. He's like, give him a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> so we can remove this. Hey, 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 I, I wish the best of luck on that as well. Hey, yeah, I'm all for free appearance and free speech when it comes to that. So You know what? I'm going to go listen to his music after this just just because. The yeah, well, I mean, his music's like sad rap, um, you know. So, you know. I'll listen to it anyways. Oh. It's sad rap? Well, you know, it's, <laughs> it's funny, but uh, I was talking about this with a coworker too, and it was like, what do you call it? New music. And I was like, you know, Juice World. And I was like, oh, what is it? Emo rap? I was like, oh, that's not a bad name. Emo rap. Yeah. Emo rap. Yeah, emo rap. Yeah, emo hip hop. Yeah. I mean, hey, there's a market for it. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of music. There's yeah. a bunch of sad kids out there that like fat beats, so there you go. Yeah. You know, speaking of which, I think this is a good opportunity for our audiences to get a little feel for us. So I do listen to hip-hop, rock, um, a little bit of jazz. I mean, not too much. But what about y'all? What's y'all's taste? So I'm more rock, country. I like the bluegrass style or like what you would refer to as like red dirt country, like uh, bands like Whiskey Myers and like... Power Children's and people like that, but I'm also a fan of hip hop. I'm not necessarily a fan of a lot of the new stuff that you would refer to as like mumble rap, but I do enjoy older. I, I enjoy lyricism, whether it's in rock, rap, or, or anything like that. The only thing that I do not listen to, because I even listen to jazz, I do not listen to fucking K pop. That's about it. I guess. <laughs> Or a bubblegum pop shit. Like, I don't want to listen to... He's not a boy band fan. Yeah, not a boy band. <laughs> I want something that's got some guitar or something that's got a message in it. Uh-oh. Uh, Josh? Well, uh, these gentlemen are younger than me. Not by a lot, I don't think. Maybe, what, I'm seven years, eight years, maybe? Um, so I grew up in the 90s. So I like a lot of, like, grunge rock, uh... When I was in high school, it was, it was switching more to alternative rock, Fall Out Boy, um, Chevelle, um, things of that nature. I do 
there, there are two styles of music I listen to that a lot of people don't, and when they find out that I like it, they think I'm kind of weird. I like 20s jazz swing music, and I like sea shanties. For those of you who don't know what a sea shanty is, it's basically kind of like a... Um, oh, gosh, it's hard to explain, really. It's more like a, like, like a chant than it is an actual song. But it has a. It usually has like one solid bass line, and uh, anybody that's familiar with the song "Leave Her, Johnny, Leave Her," that's a sea, a sea shanty. Okay. And that's, Have uh, you played any Assassin's Creed games, or you're on a boat and you hear people singing? It was chants that the let you know the Norsemen or Irishmen or Scotsmen. There, anybody. Like their stories that yeah. they tell, but they tell it like like a, a, a singing song story or a chant. Yeah, but they they sang it to pass the time on the ships. That's how it became a sea shanty. Oh, okay. That's really difficult to say. You know what? But I mean, I learned something as a history teacher, so like <laughs> I can't be mad at that. <laughs> I will definitely tell that tale one day. There you go, man. <laughs> um. Also, if you would like to support the channel more, definitely check out projectlacydashhutchin.com. Um, we're on YouTube as Lacey Hudson LLC, same as Instagram. Or you can support the show directly at anchor.fm. The choice is yours. And if you need more choices, you can definitely check out Facebook as well, projectlacydashhutchin.com. Anything you do to support will also support WTF Podcast. Thank you. Subscribe to all of those things. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's pick up with some more local news. Houston Rodeo canceled again for the second year. I will go without turkey legs. Okay. Now, uh, before the podcast, Chuck, you brought up a very good point. Hmm. How the hell do we not have a rodeo if we're one of the richest cities not in Texas, but I'm pretty sure in the United States, just with our oil industry alone. I chalk it up to, and as I said before, Sylvester Turner is a moron. Mm. You're definitely a Comic-Con fan, too. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm unsure how we're not having a rodeo. I think it's probably going to be more COVID-related. Last year, we gave aid to the U.S. with about 38,000, or uh, 240,000 we gave out and only received 38. We never shut down. We're one of the largest, we're the energy capital of the world, basically in oil and gas. So how Texas doesn't have enough money, or at least Houston, uh, have enough money to put on a rodeo, I think it really comes down to more political aspects on that. But again, you're not going to get a direct answer. Uh, you've got a lot of crowded people. There's going to be people outside. I'm sure it's just trying to minimize. Hey, man, look, I work in a populated area just fine. I need my turkey legs, man. Fire kills. I need my turkey listen, legs. We talk about, <laughs> listen, we talk about all the different amendments and things like that that we want everybody to be able to do. Texas needs to personally look. Now, if you are elderly, if you have things, yeah, go about protecting yourself. But if you're a healthy individual... And you elect to go to the rodeo to see bronc riding, bull riding. He's getting real concert. good with his political language. Let us let us do what you want, man. It's, it's your choice. And even uh, to, to segue along with that, if it is something that is that important, then make the test available. 
Maybe before entrance. Maybe even before you get yeah, there. Yeah, but that's going to be too expensive just to do for everybody coming no, through. No, there's I'm even not, people that are going to be outside that just go for carnival. Now, again, yeah, I'm gonna go for there could be, and I'm just spitballing here. I'm just, I'm just playing the devil's advocate on you. What if there was a way to where you set up a kind of checkpoint, and if you wanted to go to the carnival, you wanted to go to the rodeo, you wanted to do whatever activity there is, okay. you would have to present a negative test within 24 hours of, of actually entering. And it, a lot of the tests aren't covered by your insurance, so you're at $400. Okay, again, that, well, you're yeah, $400. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to go. That's the not, not enough people are going to spend $400 to go to the carnival. The only thing I'll you can... about 50 bucks. Yeah, but the only, 20. Well, the yeah. only thing you could probably <laughs> do if you want to go that route as far as checking, whenever someone scans your ticket, they scan your forehead. With a the thermometer. Yeah, yeah, that's how we do it to an officer. They scan your forehead, but it doesn't, you know, we're not. And, and look, if you want to go, if you want to do it, I'm, look, at this point, I, look, at this point, I don't care if you want me to wear a mask, if you're asking me to. If we got to wear a mask inside the stadium, fine. But if you're outside at the carnival, don't make people, make people choose what they want to do and let us have the rodeo, you know. I think another thing that's probably an issue is the artist. Maybe the artists are not wanting to come, but what again, you trying to say about artists? <laughs> yeah, maybe the artists don't want to come and and provide for, or you know go on live shows and things like that. Well, see, now with that thing again, just an idea that popped up. Why not try to get something a little more local? Like oh, uh, there's a lot of people out there that like the artists that I know, you know, Brie Madwell. Get her yeah. the mainline. Uh, I mean, you have a lot of Texas country that people would probably do it. Yeah. But they actually have um, well, I'm just rock stars, Aramite. Yeah, they could also perform. That'd be cool. American Fangs is another is a, is a, yeah. uh, rock group that's really great. You, you know, know Dave Chappelle came and performed at a show recently. Yeah. Um, I think sometime in 2020. I mean, yeah, I say recent, but it's February, right? Um, he performed. The way they did it is, you know, they basically just sold one seat as two or three seats. Yeah. So it's one price, you know, to cut down on audience attendance if we're worried about, you know, people being sick. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm completely on your side on, on what you think about it. I'm just saying, you know. Well, but now if you're options. looking at that, but if you're going to put on the rodeo and you're going to pay. We're like, advocating for turkey legs, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. So if you're going to pay the vendors, you're going to have the vendors yeah. come out. you got to have certain bathrooms set up. you got to pay different conveniences for everybody to. To have the amenities they want, and also the all, uh, the, the inspection. That I'm not saying. So you have to have all of those lined up for people to use. Yeah. Now, what drives that is the artists that people are willing to pay to see. Yeah. A lot of people will go locally just and for the independent experience. carnival um, game holders. Yeah, exactly. They are most of them are independent. Actually. Yeah. Most people don't know that. But see now, the, yeah. and again, the problem with all that is, is if we're going to do all this, then it's that. Those are mostly self-funded, huh? It's it's the idea of are you gonna social distance? Can oh, we make yeah. people do that? Uh, in, well, in, in the stadium when you're watching the shows, when you're watching the actual rodeo, when you're in the carnival or in line to get something. Like well, how do you regulate that? Well, you know, we don't um even in public education, we don't directly force the staff or students to be far away, like physically or anything. Yeah. But we help them designate like where six feet is. You know, and that's non-communication. It's non-basically abridging of rights, right? You're just indicating where six feet is. Yeah. And oftentimes, so far, it's it's been pretty well and peaceful. Listen, me personally, as far as the rodeo goes, 
the concert itself is a bonus. I go to watch the Bronc riding, the bull riding. I go to watch How the, the bull riding. I haven't actually had the upfront yeah. experience on that. It's good. I, I enjoy the actual rodeo itself. Probably 50% of the people that go are strictly going for the concert. They're there for the rodeo, but yeah. they're staying for the concert. Well, my first concert was at the um, rodeo, actually. I could yeah. care less if there was a concert. I'm going yeah. to watch, like I said, the Bronc riding, the bareback riding, the bulls, mud and busting. I want to see all of those. So I would be okay with just holding the rodeo as the rodeo. If and also with that, um, it was just on the head, the guy that I work with, his daughter does a lot of competition, steers and turkeys and stuff like that. And so, like, a lot of those opportunities, not only for the bull riders and everything else, but for the kids that work all year long. Oh, yeah, they show steer, the, yeah, they're, they show. They're trying to show their animal, you know, get paid for it. Like, I think one of them, uh, I think Mattress Mac pays, like, $100,000 for, like, the top prize. Uh, you got a lot of scholarships yeah. that people yeah. get through those. I mean, there's a lot of reasons so to it's not just the rodeo. The, the, the entertainment, which, I mean, it, it holds it, it holds its own value. The entertainment is a driving factor yeah. and people buying tickets. Well, maybe one day we can actually talk about the entertainment sector and how much it's actually worth in the U.S. We'll get a nice episode. Yeah. It's worth what you, as a consumer, are willing to pay for it. It has a value, folks. It has a number. It's been measured. <laughs> but uh, moving on from entertainment, or still in entertainment, just to show how big it is, we can talk about our Disney-owned and you know, operated session, ESPN, NFL, Fox, Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. Mm. Yep. The baby goat versus the actual goat. Okay. Again, I brought this up in the beginning of the podcast. If I were Tom Brady, by the way, I'm picking the Bronx, I'm picking up the Buccaneers 100%. Almost said Broncos there. I, if I were Tom Brady and I won another Super Bowl with a brand new franchise, my first year being there, and learning a whole new system with a whole brand with a brand new head coach, I'd hang it up. There's nothing left for me to prove. I've been playing on all Madden while everyone else has been playing on a rookie this entire time. And I finally proved it and proved all the, the haters and the doubters wrong by saying Belichick didn't create me. He helped me become who I am. I was second that. I mean, while I may not be as heavy in sports as YouTube. There is something to be said when I was watching and people tie Tom Brady to Belichick, like who's really the master, who's in control of the team, who is making the wins. Like when Peyton went to the Broncos, there was no doubt Peyton was in control. Yes. Yeah. Five division championships, two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl win. Two AFC championships, you know, no big deal. I don't know if you just heard all that statistical. Uh, Here's outside. the thing that's interesting about this Super Bowl. Each year, it seems to happen where you have a great offense versus a great defense. That's kind of how it played. Even back from the Super Bowl when you had, speaking of Peyton Manning, you had Peyton Manning versus, or you had the Broncos versus Seattle. You had the Legion of Boom defense versus the number one offense. And so on and so on. With the Patriots having the number one defense the year that they went, against a team that had the number one offense. And that seems to be how it's played. This year's a little different because the Chiefs have a high-flying, fast offense that puts points up on different teams. 
Their defense is probably a B plus. They're not bad, but they're not dominating on the defensive front. The Patriots have an explosive offense that can put points up the same way the Chiefs do. You mean the Buccaneers? The Buccaneers, yeah, sorry. Um, the Buccaneers have that offense. Yeah, you get Tom Brady in your head. Um, yeah. The Buccaneers have that explosive offense where they put up due to the playmakers that they have, and their defense is just a little better than the Chiefs because of their front seven. So we're going to have... That, I think they have the more of ability to stop the run for the, for the Buccaneers. Well, their pass rush. The Chiefs don't have a pass rush. They've got good Tyrone Matthew in the back and people like that that can kind of keep things in front, but they're not getting to the quarterback. Especially with a quarterback like Tom Brady. And who's not mobile, but if you give him time for that whole play... Well, he's got like, a quick release. Yeah. And he's got a lot of fast receivers. I Who'd will he, second that. I would not let Tom Brady just sit there and read a play. So, where the difference is really going to come down to Adamic and Sue, Jason Pierre, Paul, all of these guys getting to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes can scramble. Now, so, he did go through that concussion protocol. He did go through that concussion protocol. The first game... They, he gets hurt, and he gets taken out of the game, goes to the concussion protocol. Well, then the second game he played. Who's that kid that backed him up? Everyone was like, Chad Henney, man. Yeah. Chad Henney made it happen. Yeah. <laughs> but the second game, Patrick Mahomes did not run one time. He didn't even come out of the pocket in that second game. He sat back, and he threw the ball for hundreds and hundreds of yards and made it happen. And that's going to be the key to the – Buccaneers winning is making Patrick Mahomes beat them with his legs and keeping everything in front. I think the Chiefs had a better secondary than the Buccaneers, but the linebacker and front seven, the you know your defensive end and things, the Buccaneers have a better one on that. So it's really going to come down to who can get to the quarterback. Who can get to the quarterback, but. I think that Super Bowl has the chance to be the highest scoring Super Bowl ever because both teams are literally going to be airing the ball out. Now, watch it's going to go out and be a fucking 21 to 3 kind of game. Yeah. Well, I say we put down our numbers now. But it has a possibility to be a 51 54 Super Bowl. Before we throw down those numbers, let me ask you something, Chad. Okay. You talked about a lot of positives. What are the negatives for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers versus that defense? Like, what, besides getting to the quarterback, what do you really have to do in order to beat Tom Brady as a defense? Tom Brady throws the ball high a lot of times, and he has a lot of big receivers like Mike Evans, Godwin. So you're going to have, as Tyron Matthew, which I guarantee you he will, he will sit back on a couple of those plays and catch an interception off the tips. Okay. In the NFC Championship game, two tipped balls and a bad play call by Tom Brady or an execution of a play led to three interceptions back-to-back plays. Which is why they didn't capitalize on that. I will never know. So that, that's really what it's going to come down to is making Tom Brady force throws and being able to capitalize on any tip passes. What about the run game? Who has a stronger run game? I think they both suck. I think you. I think both teams have 
young running backs, and then they have veteran running backs. The Chiefs have um, Hilaire, which mm-hmm. is a rookie this season. They have Le'Veon Bell, who Le'Veon Bell is a patient running back, but he's just not been able to execute a whole lot. And then on the other side, you have Ronald Jones, who's been good off and on, and then you have Leonard Fournette, who I think is a better running back. But better than Le'Veon Bell? I think currently, yes. But with okay. ability, I think Le'Veon Bell is a better athlete in the way that he judges holes and different things like that. But the issue is, if you think back to like past great running backs, Barry Sanders, um, LT, Walter Payton, this, com- yeah, this comes with feeding your running back. Your running backs need at least 25 carries or more to really, really get going. I get that. that, that yeah. groove, that and the way the NFL is playing now is I'm going to give you 13 carries, I'm going to give you 10 carries, I'm going to give you 70 carries. Well, you're just circling in these guys, and yeah, you're keeping fresh legs, but if your fresh legs are getting you three yards every single time, then you're going to maybe capitalize on one one guy being tired or one missed assignment and capitalize on big runs. But both of these running back duos that they have have not done anything really all year. Each team has had one running back score multiple touchdowns throughout the season, but not on a consistent basis. So would you say that, okay, we'll put it towards the Chiefs. If the Chiefs ran that combo and they had them both touch the ball at least 20 times before the second half, you think that they would give them more of an advantage of the, the play action and the pass? Yeah, because... Maybe even a, a wildcat or a bootleg? If the Chiefs ran their running backs a, a ton in that first half, I would because you're giving... Number one, you're controlling clock management. And number two, to give you an idea of where their running backs are, most, most Super Bowls are won by converting fourth down. You can convert fourth downs, you can convert third downs. Those are great. The Chiefs run a play where they fake a handoff and they will catch a quick slant by Travis Kelsey. Okay, yeah. They do it on the in the five yards every single time. So you have two dynamic running backs and you throw it to your tight end every single time. Because you trust Travis Kelsey to make those plays. And Travis Kelsey has earned that trust. He has. Yeah, I mean... He's the Rob Gronkowski. But if I have two running backs that I paid quite a bit of money to, not Hilaire because he's a rookie this year, yeah. but he was drafted number five, why would you not run it multiple times? Or you've also forcing Patrick Mahomes to run it a lot of times and get first downs with legs. They need to use wheel routes. They need to use crossing routes. They need to use the underneath because that's where they strive. And I'll, I'll 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 jump off that 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 subject after this last quote or this last uh, thought here. Um, also, with the if, if they were the reason why I chose the Chiefs is because you do have a quarterback that can run, so you do have that wildcat option. You do have that that you know if he wants to he can keep it and he can if, if he sees a hole boom he's got 10, 15 yards and he's even got a touchdown. So as a defense you have to watch Patrick Mahomes, you have to watch the running backs. You have to watch the screen, and you have to watch the pass down film because you don't know what's going to happen if you have an established run. Hmm? I agree. Tell me the uh, damn. 
<laughs> tell me the number four. Tell me the four receivers on the Chiefs. I can't. Tyreek Hill, which is your fastest guy. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, yeah. who's arguably their number one receiver. Uh, just yeah, it's not that I didn't know, it's I couldn't think of it offhand. Uh, the point is this, and then the other guy is Miko Hardman, who is in his second year, who's fast, and then you also have Sammy Watkins that comes in and out, who's your big yeah. back. So, if I'm the Buccaneers, I have to watch. I can't really run a whole lot of cover too because that's where tight ends are going to eat. So I got to watch Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. So I got to play a lot of man coverage. Where you're going to be able to use the play action from the runs, then you can catch Tyree Kill on a deep ball, which Patrick Mahomes does not have to step into the pocket a whole lot to be able to can it. Now, on the other side, can they keep up with that receiver? Tyree Kill, probably not. Tyree no, Kill is one no. of the fastest receivers out okay, there. Okay, that was that was an now, important question. But here's the thing: so, okay, the Buccaneers have to be able to they'll be able to double coverage Tyree Kill. You're going to be able to put a safety back, the free safety, and use your cornerback to play man-on-man with Now let's go to the other side of the Buccaneers. You have Chris Goblin. Yeah. Mike Evans. Rob Gronkowski. Antonio Brown. That's a way and better two, re- And two running backs That's a way that you can run out of that. With a lineup like the Buccaneers on offense, it is impossible to dub or cover somebody. You will have to play man all night long. Against Tyron Brown. Matthew is only one man. He's a, he's, and he's, he's a, he's a honey badger. Yeah. Right? And he's going to be all over Chris Godwin or he's going to be all over Antonio Brown. And when that happens, you're going to catch chances. a seam right, right up the middle from Rob Gronkowski or you're going to catch a post route by Mike Evans in the back, and they're going to continue to eat okay, that so way. Besides Tyron Matthew, and we'll go to the other side now um, with Bucks and everything else. Is there anyone there that can cover and like keep up with a Chris Godwin or a Rob Gronkowski besides Tyron Matthew? No, not that I know of. Hmm. You heard it here first, first, folks. <laughs> okay, now uh, I guess everybody has a chance to make plays, but it's all, it, it's all about. Play. How good you are, and how hungry are you at the moment? And I'll—I I'll, guess I'll kind of finish, I guess, my line of questioning with um, the Buccaneers side because whenever they start establishing their run game, does that change anything for their offense? If the Buccaneers start establishing a run game, well, I, like if they did what I theorized the uh, the Chiefs would do and get both of their running backs 20, 25 carries. By the first half, does that and, and they establish that run game, then they start getting five. So the Chiefs have already yards. established a run game, or you're asking if the Bucks if they have a run game? I'm asking before I theorize what happened if the Chiefs establish one. Now I want to theorize what happens if the Bucks establish one. Does that give them an advantage, like it does, like it gives the Chiefs an advantage? Yes, because then it allows you to again play action. But it also, with, the, with you forcing them to play man coverage, um, you can't load the box. So where if you've got a great secondary that's able to just shut down two receivers, you can play blitz, you can put stuff in the flats. You can't afford to do that on this team. So where you're going to get a lot of plays where they'll run draw plays with the running backs to gain 
five or six yards. As long as they're playing off the ball to make sure that these big receivers don't get past them, they're going to be able to establish a run game. If they load the box and shut down the run game, then they're going to lose over the top by Tom Brady. So basically what you're telling me, in, in a nutshell, is that you have two fantastic quarterbacks with two really great, even fantasy football-esque receiving cores, and they've got against them two really shitty defenses that are going to try their best not to lose as bad as the other one. No. Two great offenses, good defenses. But again, the Chiefs have a better secondary mm-hmm. than the Bucks, but the Bucks have a better front set. So... It's all going to come down to putting pressure on the quarterback. Because even if you've got the greatest receiving core, you cannot throw the ball or get out or you make rush plays, hurry-ups, or hit down, you're going to make some mistakes. And there's going to be receiving. You can have a terrible secondary. If you rush the quarterback enough and force him to make plays that he doesn't want to make, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. They'll be able to capitalize. Can they apply appropriate pressure to Mahomes? I think the Buccaneers can. I was actually... Thank you very much. So that, that six ways in the the Buccaneers, I think, had a top three defense. You've had a lot of questions ending and starting, so I didn't know, but I thought I'd interject um, where I saw fit. <laughs> I don't think anybody's keeping up with Tyreek Hill, and I think he's underplaying his speed here. But I think it's going to be something. I didn't underplay his speed. I said, I said he's the fastest guy in the <laughs> The issue is as long as you double if you keep over if you keep a free safety over the top you can force him to catch in between them would that open up a pathway for Mahomes if they sent the safety over not players? not on that you'd actually have a line the linebacker would cover the, the linebacker was over or the defensive end that's great they don't have a strong tight end who the Chiefs they got the Chiefs have Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is the number one tight end in the NFL. Oh, and what, I think what he's asking is, is if you have that linebacker that's going to be covering uh, Kelsey. He's QB spy. That's Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're going to have a lot of linebackers covering Travis Kelsey. But Travis Kelsey is a passing tight end. He blocks, but he's a passing tight end. That makes if a you that makes a force them to... Put in extra cover or extra. Uh, if you force Travis Kelsey to be a blocker, yes, because of the pass rush, yes, then you eliminate a wide receiver. For them. Okay, and, and I was getting back to your point when you were mentioning about the uh, Tom Brady's team, Buccaneers, having a greater front, which does take away options for the defense for the Chiefs. Yeah, um, so I can see the struggle there. I, I was just connecting the dots. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my final question, sir. <laughs> I mean, you can ask him a question, too. I mean, I'm not. Well, actually, this is a question for both of you guys. So, I have no answer. <laughs> it's more of an opinion answer. Um, with the baby goat having only one Super Bowl and being a Super Bowl champion. Young book. And the, uh, the goat goat having, what, six? Six being, no, six Super Bowl wins. This is his 10th Super Bowl appearance. Parents, yeah. Now, is it a mental struggle for Patrick Mahomes if they get down by, we'll say, two touchdowns and that Buccaneers offense is just firing on all cylinders and they just start slipping away from the Chiefs? Does that affect him in his head? Does he become a little more flustered? Because, you know, Tom Brady, 
I'm with the wins and the losses. He's always stayed cool. He's always just focused in and done his best to come back. Does, does uh, Baby Goat get flustered? Does he kind of lose his mind, his cool, and try to start forcing things down the field? I would say um, phone a friend. <laughs> I would phone Tony Romo and Dak Prescott, and they both would remind him Tom Brady has lost to Eli Manning consecutively. Ooh. Oh, man. That's just, that's just dirty. Last year, the Chiefs going into the second half were down 3 to 28 or 3 to 35 or something crazy. It was like a, that. I remember. Against the Texans. Yes. And the baby goat can score in 30 seconds. Yeah, but he works under pressure. That's just a game. This is a Super Bowl against one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Who's got the more? Who do you think has more pressure? As the baby goat comes in, he has the exact same team that he had last year, and they won. They have the crown. Tom Brady has the pressure of constantly trying to be compared to Belichick or him. Mm. He's winding down his career. Mm. He's focused on his legacy. He's made a lot of different mistakes that his defense have been able to save him from. And even though I always say you shouldn't bet on Tom Brady because he's been able to come back and improve it, we're still playing. Even though he looks great and he's acting great, he's still an older quarterback. He's what, 40? 43. 43? I think one of his defensive players was one year old whenever he won his first Super Bowl. I wouldn't doubt it, but... The, the thing is, Playing with a living legend, if you will. The thing is, is Tom Brady has something to prove. He's proving something to the fans. He's proving something to himself. He's proving something to his legacy. And his Patrick, wife out here. Patrick Mahomes signed a contract extension where he's got 12 10 years. years. Just 12 years? Mm. He, had 12, he had two years left on his contract and extended it for 10. He's locked down for 12 years. And I would be excited. You know, I'm a competitive type of guy. I would be excited to go against a legend to possibly send him to his grave. Dang. Patrick Mahomes is coming out going, we were here last year. We got the same team. We didn't lose a single person. We were able to figure out the cap to come here. We did it with this team last year. There's no reason we can't do it this year. I feel like he has pressure that he wants to win because he's a competitive person. But I don't think... He is thinking as calculated as Tom Brady. Mm-mm. We 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 have to give him experience. Yeah, we have to give him experience ten yeah. times. That's that's a lot. My uh, I would guess final thought on that is, I don't think that Patrick Mahomes appreciates the gravity of the situation he's in. And yes, he had the same team. Yes, they were there last year. They are the champs to come back this year. Congratulations to you on all that. Job well done. But you're going against the greatest of all time on his home turf after he basically came into a franchise and built it from scratch to Super Bowl contenders. Are we calling Buccaneers his empire? Because, you know, I thought he was in New England. I am calling this a legacy-defining moment for Tom Brady and a career-defining moment for Patrick Mahomes. I like that. Well, you said you don't think Patrick has a gratitude, understands what he's... I haven't heard Patrick Mahomes talk shit. I think he knows what he's in for. I think he knows what he has to show up and compete. I think he knows that it is one more game that he has to execute to perfection. And from what I've seen, the guy is a leader. He's going to try to drive that team. But 
the difference between He's a champion. yeah the difference between this situation is Tom Brady doesn't need this victory to solidify where he is in the record books. Patrick Mahomes would like nothing better than to beat Tom Brady, take away another Super Bowl from him, and go back-to-back. The only thing is we have to remember that there's only a few teams that have gone back-to-back and won. Cowboys. Damn right. 49ers. Broncos. Steelers. Patriots. Multiple times. The, the, the Steelers. I thought, I thought Terry Bradshaw's Steelers did it. He has four Super Bowls, but I don't think they were back-to-back. They may have gone back-to-back one time. I, well, we can hash but, that out on yeah, the yeah, show. Yeah, another show. Um, but the Patriots, they've gone back-to-back. The only other team that's gone back-to-back was the Seahawks. And they won the first one and lost the second one. Should so, just give it to Marshawn. Should have give it to Marshawn. I agree. But before we close out, how about we give our predictions? I'll be honest. I'm going to say 27-13. 2713. Um, Mahomes, uh, Chiefs. I'm going to say 2835. Buccaneers. You know what? I'll go 45 35. Buccaneers. Okay. All right. Well, folks, thank you for coming out. Um, again, if you would like to support the show, definitely check out Broderick Lacey Hudson.com or YouTube, uh, Lacey Hudson LLC, or Instagram, Lacey Hudson LLC. And of course, there's always Facebook. So many choices. It was great to hear you guys. Remember, comment, let us know what you want to hear next. If you have any news stories again that we you'd like to hear us cover or talk about it, please reach out to us, DM, send it to the Facebook, send it to the Instagram. Always great rocking with you guys. If you enjoy, please tell somebody. Let everybody know where we can be found. If you didn't, just as Pat McAfee would say, pretend like it never fucking happened. This has been your host, The Faithful Idiot. I have been Josh for Sosby, a.k.a. The Association. Thank you very much for listening to us today. And uh, give us some feedback on, the, on the, the special guest, which was me today. If you want me back or if you say, wow, that guy really sucked. Don't ever come back. I mean, either or, input, input. Thank you.